Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 412-928-9370. Who would have thought, Joel, we start talking about Pop-Tarts for a couple of minutes. We have... We have, we have actual callers lined up. They got Pop-Tart takes. So we will get to you guys. 412-928-9370. Bill Post, the legend himself, the inventor of the Pop-Tart, passed away earlier this week. 96 years young. Man, just imagine being that guy. You invented the Pop-Tart. In the expansion that the Pop-Tart has had for the last, what, 30 years? Legendary run for old Bill. We'll get to another legend that passed on who would be celebrating a birthday today. We'll get that uh, as we finish out the show in a little bit over an hour. Uh, To kick off the 10 o'clock hour, we have Joel's pick. Joel will pick the topic for the 10 o'clock segment. Uh, John Ledger from Audibles and Analytics and also the Yinsno Ball podcast. He's coming up in just over 15 minutes as well. But we'll keep the Pop-Tart discussion going because people out here want to talk about it. 412 928-9370. 928-9370. Penguins still leading two to nothing, by the way, just under four minutes to go in the first period. We will start with TJ in Uniontown. TJ, you're on 937 the fan. What's on your mind? Hey, how's it going? Um, I just want to say, you know, in my opinion, one of the more overrated Pop Tarts was probably S'mores. Okay. And probably the go the go to would be like strawberry and then in the last year or so, maybe a little bit longer, they came out with a Fruit Loops one. Fruit Loops, okay. Really so what good. what what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, just uh, really good. Um, great, right out of the package. No toasted meat. Uh, it was just one of them go tos like strawberry, where you could just grab it on the go, eat it however you wanted, and um, you know didn't have to worry about toasting it. Um, it had you know multiple flavors, basically just like the Fruit Loops cereal. Um, it was pretty impressive how they you know, replicated it into a Pop-Tart. Oh, okay. TJ, thank you for the call. I'm going to have to try that one out. I'm going to have to write some of these down. So the Fruit Loops is a new one. He said in the last year or so they came out with that. And, yeah, he's on my side there with the, the fruitier flavors when it comes to Pop-Tarts. 412 928 Nine three seven zero. Pete in Ross Township is up next. What's up, Pete? Hey, Dawn. Um, I just retired from CCAC. I was a professor, and I like pop tarts. Didn't really consume them on a regular basis, but 
when my students were eating them and I would say to them, you know, just like you, you know, what do you, what flavor are you eating? Yeah. And then I, I go, do you know one fact? And they go, what's that? I go, the uh, carton that it comes in has more nutritional value than the pop tart itself. <laughs> Well, I I could believe it. I know it's not the healthiest thing out there, but but they're good. No, it. The other thing I wanted to uh, catch you on is Pulp Fiction. Bruce Willis pulps uh, pops him into the uh, toaster right before he kills John Travolta. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Man, that's a great movie. Oh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, but he's he, he's there to get his uh watch and he finds time to pop in a pop tart <laughs> you know to eat yeah. unbelievable uh Pete, you, you also had something on the draft too you wanted to mention yeah. the other thing is you know what i hear what you guys are saying there's no way i want a qb but um i, I had my heart set on that oregon center um but i guess a QB or a cornerback would be okay. That Powers Johnson. Or- yeah, I, I would really like Jackson Powers Johnson, Pete. I appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, he, he would be he, – he's very high up on my list. I know it's a biased answer. I'm always prone to offensive line. I played center my whole life all the way through high school and a year of college. So I, I would always be excited if they – if they went that route. Uh, interesting Pop-Tart take there. 412-928-9370. JR in the car. He has a take on Pop-Tarts. What's up, JR? How you doing? Thanks I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Hey, uh, I work as a receiver in a grocery warehouse. And believe it or not, the brown sugar cinnamon is one of our biggest sellers. Oh, I mean that that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I, I I'm it's not my my favorite one. I'll eat it, but it doesn't surprise me because I do notice how that's always one of the go tos that people have. It, we we'll go through 125 cases every three days. And how many are in a case? There's 48 in a case. Holy crap! There's, uh, there's 48 cases or 48 in a case. And there's uh, 24 to a uh, there's 24 rows to a pallet. What are some of the other uh, top dogs when it comes to the pop tart hierarchy? It'll probably be probably be the fruit ones. We'll we'll get a, a variety of uh, the fruit ones, but we get a we get every every flavor, but not as much as the brown sugar and cinnamon. Man, and that, that that's coming from somebody who's basically at the source, Joel. JR basically taking these babies off the truck. Man, 48 to a case, and they just outsell everything. So, Joel, I did pop up. Uh, I'm on poptarts.com. Uh, here are some of the new flavors. Some of these actually do sound pretty pretty good. Uh, so there's an Apple Jacks one, uh, frosted banana bread, Chocolate chip pancake Pop-Tarts, Joel. That sounds incredibly good, doesn't <laughs> it? Uh, frosted sugar cookie. Looks like around Christmas time. 
Uh, there's that strawberry milkshake that our buddy Troy was telling us about. He said, put it in the freezer. Uh, then under, under the favorites category, there's a whole lot of guys in here. Oh, Boston cream donut Pop-Tart. That's probably pretty good. You got your blueberries. You got your brown sugar cinnamon. Uh, confetti cupcake. That got four stars. Man, there's a lot of good ones on here. I should do so. I'm going to have to talk to Kale Berger. I'm going to have to talk to our social media people. I went around trying all those wings last year. I should do that with Pop-Tarts now. Because some, the, some of these guys are, are just quality originals, and then some of them are... The, the newcomers that look look really, really good. 412-928-9370 if you want to join the, the Pop-Tart conversation, which has taken off here uh, since the, the late, great Bill Post passed away a couple of days ago. I did want to get to this on Kevin Colbert. Uh, he joined a North Catholic high school podcast and credit to the the student on there who questioned him about how he views analytics in the game of football uh, in the year 2024. Do you feel like it's being overused? I, I do. And, I, and again, I'm beyond that age. And I at, at the end of my career with the Steelers, obviously it came into play. And, you know, our younger – and I used to employ – or mean – encourage our younger scouts I said hey keep me up to date tell me what I'm missing and we had analytic people um, and I used to challenge them I said when you guys can when you guys can measure the intangibles let me know because that's the most important thing and there, there will be certain situations in a game fourth and three from the minus 42 with a minute 31 you're down three or you're down two, what should we do? And it may spit out an answer. But is it also measuring the health of my team in the current state? Who's hot? Who's not? Do I feel the crowd? Do I feel this is going to happen? Can this? Will this? I don't know. I don't think you can have any determination or, or certainty. Sure, you can get, hey, you should probably do this, but you as the coach or you as that player has to be able to make critical decisions under pressure situations. Okay, so it's okay to do two things here with Kevin Colbert because I know that the the discourse that's been out there on social media since these comments came out because a few different outlets picked them up, it's okay to admit that two things are true. Kevin Colbert is a Hall of Fame GM and he messed some things up royally in his last few years as the Steelers GM. People will blame Big Ben, that Big Ben called the shots, that Big Ben bullied people in the front office. Well, the GM is still the GM. And he can make the decisions to cut ties with the player. That isn't on the player. That isn't on Ben Roethlisberger that the the Steelers are completely left behind the eight ball. Now, 
the Steelers did basically tell Big Ben you got to take a pay cut if you want to play one more year. He did call their bluff. So I, I get where maybe people are upset about that, but still they could have not given him that option whatsoever. Whatsoever. It was the, the front office that left the Steelers behind the eight ball. It's okay to say that. Big Ben retired, and Kevin Colbert's plan and the rest of the front office, their plan was to sign Mitch Trubisky on the first day of free agency and draft Kenny Pickett with the 20th pick of the first round. Look back at the last five drafts, or really the last five drafts that we got from Kevin Colbert. So 2022 all the way back to 2018. How many hitters out of those drafts? Let's look at the first round picks. 2018, Terrell Edmonds. 2019, Devin Bush. They traded up for him. 2020, they didn't have a first round pick. Their first pick in that draft was Chase Claypool, 49th overall. 2021, Najee Harris. You picked a running back in the first round. He's a fine player. You picked a running back in the first round. That goes against everything analytics this day and age. So that that told us then, that gave us a pretty good idea of where Kevin Colbert stood on the on the topic. Kenny Pickett, the first round pick in 2022. But how many true hitters have they had in the last five drafts of Kevin Colbert? Anywhere in these drafts. I think they basically have maybe two. Or I would say I would say three. I would confidently say two guys and then I would say a half for two other guys. I would say Deontay Johnson is a half. Najee Harris is a half. But again, they overdrafted him. He's a running back. They picked him in the first round. Alex Highsmith is a hit. And I'll even credit George Pickens as to being a hit. That's not great. Already in that last draft of Kevin Colbert, Kenny Pickett, who may be replaced as soon as this offseason. George Pickens, he does look like a stud. You give him the right quarterback, he could be a star. DeMarvin Leal, we were all excited about. He was a healthy scratch in several games down the stretch this season. Calvin Austin has a couple of big moments in a Steelers uniform. He was hurt his entire rookie season. He vanished for the most part this year. He popped back up. Uh, on Christmas Eve Eve and scored a touchdown. He had the long touchdown against Vegas, but he had 17 catches for 180 yards and a touchdown this year. He had a rushing touchdown too, so two total touchdowns. Uh, Connor Hayward has been a nice player. They just got to figure out how to use him. Maybe Arthur Smith can do that. Mark Robinson, if you're not playing the Ravens, you don't see the guy on the field all that much. Chris Oladokun, they drafted a second quarterback. He has two Super Bowl rings. 
thanks to Patrick Mahomes. So that's where things went out with Kevin Colbert. Kevin, great guy. I've met Kevin Colbert. I met him in an RMU basketball game, oddly enough. Hall of Fame general manager. He will be in Canton one day. I feel good about saying that. It's okay to admit that the last few seasons under Kevin Colbert, not his finest work. You could say maybe he got out a few years late. It's okay to say that. It's okay to admit that. 412-928-9370. That is the fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. You can give us a ring at that same number as well, 412-928-9370. few minutes away, John Ledger, the Audibles and Analytics podcast, the Yins No Ball podcast. He's coming up next. It's Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7, The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That is PFF Brad, Brad Spielberger. He joins the fan morning show every single week. That was him on the Yins No Ball podcast. We go out to... The fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years to bring in his co-host on the Yinsno Ball podcast, also of the Audibles and Analytics podcast. That is Pittsburgh's own John Ledger, 
uh, joining me here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. John, so your boy PFF Brad right there saying other members of the Steelers brass like Justin Fields, not just Mike Tomlin. How much should we be buying into that? I know Brad knows his stuff. I know he's a Bears guy too. Yeah, no question. Brad knows his stuff. He's actually he's very connected. If he says that, it's, it's 100% true. Now, them liking him and having, even being fans of him in the front office, there are still lots of other things to work out, including how much does Chicago just want to hold on to having him and still having the number one pick and having those two guys battled out. There should They should be, I think, because of how valuable an asset a quarterback is in no real hurry to move fields while also being careful because – Let's say, hypothetically, Caleb Williams starts the year for them, wins the job in camp, and plays the whole year. Fields' value will be basically gone at that point. So they need to be careful how they proceed, I think, from a business standpoint. The best thing is still to move Fields, but if your best offers are third-round picks and you think as the season gets closer, the desperation grows, there will be a second rounder on the table for him. It's an asset that's valuable enough. You know, Let's say Caleb Williams isn't ready or Fields takes another step. He has gotten better all three years he's been in the league. You know, there is kind of a fine line there. But to me, those are the real questions is what's the market going to be for him? Is he acquirable? I think if he is uh, and Pittsburgh isn't scared of the cost of a second rounder and that's what it takes to get him, then I think they'll be one of the players for him. Do you think the 51st overall pick is too rich for taking a chance on Justin Fields? That's about the line I draw. I, I wouldn't want to go much higher than that. You know, there's so many different ways to look at it. Ugon. It gets so tricky because Fields has gotten better for three years. He has tantalizing upside, I would say. And, and you know, he's been a very different quarterback than he was in college, probably more so than any prospect I can remember. That that makes him difficult for me to evaluate because his what he's been in the league has just been so, even stylistically, it's just been, totally different than the player he was in Ohio State. Um, so trying to figure out what he's going to be even as time moves on is, is probably trickier than most quarterbacks in the league. Uh, there's also the idea that there just aren't – like what are the other options for Pittsburgh this offseason? We're, we're rightfully, I think, pushing for them to aim higher as an organization. Ryan Tannehill isn't that. I mean, he's, he's going to be better probably than Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph. But, uh, you know, he isn't aiming higher. There's a ceiling with Ryan Tannehill. You know what I mean? You know – at peak what you're going to get you know you're still in the market for a quarterback right away you know Kirk Cousins is that even realistic it seems like there would be better options for him or staying in Minnesota is going to be a strong option for him and his age coming off a torn Achilles is he even a fit uh you know there's just a lot of questions there I think that would I don't even know if he's going to be on the table for Pittsburgh like what are the better options for Pittsburgh if you're actually talking about a team that's aiming a little bit higher so if we're going to just stay true to what we've asked of this organization which is the continue to aim higher, just not settle for being mediocre as I feel like they have for a while now. Like, I mean, it does kind of make the most sense of the options that are out there. It's not a great option. It's not, I don't think uh, a Tom Brady type move in the off season and Aaron Rodgers, you know, Matt Stafford, one of these types of moves, obviously, but those guys aren't available this off season. This team needs to get better at quarterback. So in some ways you are kind of a prisoner of just what the situation is. And you can look back at past mistakes and say, Oh, that, they got here by their own design in some way, and I think there's truth to that, and there's a time and a place to evaluate it from that lens. But just looking forward, it's hard to see what the better option would be right now. You just hate to give up the draft asset, but hopefully this is where they can may perhaps accumulate assets if, if that's possible over time to, to make up for this you know, moving forward. 
I know Adam Schefter came out and said that the Bears are looking for a first-round pick, and and that's pretty common. Like, a a team is going to set the bar very high just because that's sort of how negotiations work. Uh, But that's always dictated by the market. Now, in the case of Justin Fields, how many teams out there that, A, don't have a quarterback, uh, but then also they don't have the option of drafting one, uh, how many teams are there like that? I feel like there's really not as many as we may think. Yeah, there's a lot in different situations, right? Like there's teams that are just like in clear rebuilds, like that aren't probably trying to move a pick to get a quarterback that also need a quarterback. You know, a team's at the top of the draft. Uh, New England's up there at the top of the draft. Now, even Tennessee, you know, they're going to probably ride with Levis for a year and see what's going on there, what's happening there. You think about the Raiders at 13. What the heck are they going to do? They probably need to bottom out and be the be the get try and get the top pick next year, just as an organizational move. Like that seems to be the most. The Broncos aren't in the top of the draft, but they need one. But is Fields going to be the guy that fits what what Sean Payton's looking for? Like I just don't think so. So I actually think there's a decent amount of teams that need a quarterback. I just don't know how many teams were actually going to like be willing to trade draft assets and make a move for one that feel like they're on the cusp of it. You know, the Steelers. As much as we can laugh and say, you know that. They made the playoffs, but like they weren't a competitive team. You know, mm-hmm. they, nobody really expected anything of them at that stage. They can still look and say, "Look, we've been a playoff team. Like we are right there. If we get better quarterback play, if we get a guy who can transcend things a little bit and can create plays for us, you know, that then we can be that team." And maybe Atlanta's the other team that feels that way, and that's another one I think that that Fields could could be competitor for Fields, and they've got I think I think their picks forty three in the second round. There's just I know they're asking for first round pick, and I know that's what Schefter said, and I believe that that's what they're putting out. And, and frankly, business wise, they should start there right now. Yeah. But there's by the time we get there, there's just no way you're not going to second. I mean, there's one year and the fifth year option for Fields, so you have two years of control contract wise over a guy who's not been a top half of the league quarterback at any point in his career. It just there's just no way you're getting a first round pick for him. But if you can get a second, even one in the forties or fifties, you know, I think you've, you've done pretty well for yourself and the bears need to, they're going to get there. I think where they realize, okay, that's the peak of the market for him. And then it's just going to be a matter whether Atlanta's in on that and Pittsburgh's in on that. And if they are, you know, how do they outbid Atlanta when they've got a higher second? And, you know, do you throw in something else and later in the draft or a player, you know, those are the, that's probably where the negotiations get to at some point if Pittsburgh's in on it to that point. Now, some of the local media in the last 48 hours or so, I guess since the, the, the push for uh, the, the Justin Fields rumors, they have come out and said that they expect that Mason Rudolph will re-sign with the Steelers. Uh, a, do you think he will do that on his end? And B, does does that make sense for the Steelers to do that? I mean, if he's re-signing to be your, you know, possibly your QB three, if they're being honest about the job, then, then sure, I guess. I mean, he's probably the best QB three in the league, but I would just think he could be a backup somewhere else and that he might want that, but maybe not. Maybe he feels like, you know, devil, you know, is better than the devil. He doesn't know. And if he goes somewhere else, you know, that they may not fit stylistically or, you know, I mean, this is, this would be a new offense for him anyway. I don't know how much of a great fit this offense is going to be for him regardless, but you know, I mean, I'm assuming if Pittsburgh's re-signing him, it's a, it's a very cheap thing. And Pittsburgh's kind of like, okay, well, Kenny Pickett's not making much, and so we we can afford to spend a little bit more on a guy just while we wait to see who our other move is at quarterback. Um, so it's possible that it happens. It just from from Mason Rudolph's perspective, I would think that there would be better opportunities 
elsewhere. I mean, he didn't beat out Kenny Pickett last. You know, he doesn't beat he doesn't beat out Kenny Pickett in training camp at all so far. And so, I mean, I guess maybe early on, but not this past year. And so, you know, I just I don't know why he would kind of sign up for that at that point. Like, obviously, he was playing over Pickett last year, but if they, if they start, I mean, if they have Mason over Pickett moving into this next season, then you can just basically put Pickett on the trade block, you know, going into his or being in his third year and, you know, even before the deadline to be a possible move, like, because there's just no, no point in that. He's not going to get the play. His value is just going to depreciate as he loses time on his contract. If somebody else thinks they can fix him, you think you take what you get for him. So it, it would say a lot about Kenny, I think, just like not because if they're still making, looking to make a move elsewhere, which it seems like from everything Schefter said, what Brad said, everything I've heard, they're still going to do that. You know, Mason's got to know he's signing up to possibly be QB three again. If he's cool with that, I, you know, okay, like I guess, but uh, it probably would be wiser to, I think, for the Steelers even to spend their money elsewhere, and for Mason probably to try and look for a fit elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to to doubt the the local reporters on that, but it just doesn't make much sense to me because I, I mean, if anything, it makes the Steelers come off as arrogant to me because it's like, oh well, I don't think Mason will have uh, better luck anywhere else. It's not the same offseason as it was last year. What this guy just did to really carry the Steelers into the playoffs whenever they they were on their deathbed, uh, I don't expect him to come back with his tail between his legs. And if he does come back, I think it just creates a very awkward situation between Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett because you will have half of the locker room, including the two top receivers, Deontay Johnson and... Uh, George Pickens have both made it known uh, that they were quite happy with what Mason Rudolph did late in the year. I, I, I think that drives a locker room apart more than anything. It will do way more harm than good to bring Rudolph back unless you actually think this guy will be our starter. Yeah, like I said, it will say a lot about the fact that they, I, mean, I guess, not have starting Pickett when he was healthy said a lot about how they feel to them even looking at these other quarterbacks says a lot about how he feels. them so maybe we just need to start not listening to what the Steelers are saying and just watching what their actions are and saying they just don't believe in Pickett at all you know at this point and we we've heard the reports I forget it might have been Dulac I can't remember who it was that reported that the Steelers were thinking about benching Kenny Pickett and decide to fire back in instead and then Pickett has the best game of his career mm-hmm. and then gets hurt in the next game it's like well was the point of you not benching Pickett and firing Canada instead something you never do? Wasn't that to see like what Pickett would look like? Like wasn't that the point? And if so, why not give him a chance to do that on like the biggest stage? Like this team wasn't going to the Super Bowl. And, and, you know, like so tricking yourself into believing that Rudolph could just springboard you over the Bills and on the playoff run, like you know that that to me was foolish. Like you could have seen Pickett in those games and evaluated him at that point. Now everyone's going to say you know Rudolph wasn't the problem, and I completely agree. But that wasn't the point to me. Like just recognize what your ceiling is. What's the best way to approach the quarterback situation so that you know long term what you're getting? Like the whole point of firing Canada was to see what Pickett looked like without him. Now you've missed that opportunity outside of one game, which is the best of his career. You've missed that opportunity to be able to do that. And so now you go into year three and you don't have a great idea who he is. And now he, you know, you're in a situation where Pickett, if you bring back Rudolph and sign somebody else, could be your QB3 and you never find out and you've never even been able to raise his value even um, from the dreadful Matt Canada era. So although I've never believed Kenny Pickett is the guy in Pittsburgh or should be the guy or is a franchise quarterback long-term, that's never been my evaluation of him, I can say that and still say that I think Pittsburgh has done a poor job of finding out what Pickett brings to the table. It's when you draft a quarterback in the first round, that is – 
the most valuable athlete on your team in many ways. And so you need to figure out what that is, like beyond a shadow of a doubt. So tying him to a, the, a fraud of an offensive coordinator for his entire career, then giving him just one game without that guy, it's just bad process. Even if I don't think Pickett would have been some panacea for this team, it's just a bad process as an organization to treat an asset that way that should be that valuable. And now you run the risk of going into this offseason when Pickett is not really even a part of the equation at quarterback if you make some of these moves. And then at what point, what, what value does he have as you get into the season and he's QB three and he hasn't even played outside of a handful of preseason snaps. And, you know, that's the situation you get into right now where it could really totally devalue what he is. So there's lots of different ways to look at it. Certainly one of them is the locker room as you're talking about. Uh, another is just like what pick it could be if you actually got on the field. And the other is like, if you actually plan to like make this asset have some value at some point, then you have to figure out, out like a way to prioritize them on the roster uh, to some degree, at least, even if you're like, we're competing for a starting job between Pickett and this guy, and you bring in some schmuck for the third quarterback spot that you know isn't going to compete. But, you know, Fields and Pickett, that's a competition if you want to say that. But I think we can buy that. I don't know if you can buy that if it's Kirk Cousins, you know, but I think people could buy, okay, he's in a competition, you're splitting the preseason snaps, all right, Fields is starting week one, but you've still kept up the illusion that Pickett could have value to somebody. Whereas if he's QB3, that's, that dream is over. Uh, John, the dots have been connected to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, would he be somebody that supplants Pickett and becomes the starter, or would that be mainly a veteran backup type role for Tannehill? I think he'd start. Yeah, it, being healthy is a big part of it for Tannehill, right? I mean, this is definitely the offense that he was you know, with Arthur Smith, at least. I should say. I don't know exactly if the offense will be exactly the same, but. Arthur in Tennessee, those were the best years of Tannehill's career for sure. And even after that, he played well for a little while, and then things just kind of went downhill. His, his health got worse. His protection got worse. He needs to be protected. That's probably one of the biggest things with Tannehill. It's not that he isn't a good athlete. He's a fine athlete. He just takes a little bit more time from the pocket a lot of time, uh, just how he plays. Um, but, yeah, he could still do things, I think. Um, but last year was hard because he barely got to play, and then there was an injury, and the team was so bad in front of him and around him that it – it was hard to really evaluate him. So has he just fallen off? Is he just going to be kind of one of these guys that starts a couple games, gets injured every year, and just is kind of on again, off again, health-wise with nagging stuff? And he has taken a lot of shots. I think that's an under-discussed thing with Daniel is that he does take a good amount of shots. Obviously, the protection's been an issue in Tennessee, but he will kind of stand in there and, and get clobbered a good bit, I think. And so his playing style doesn't lend itself to longevity. Uh, there's questions there. I think the ceiling's pretty low, but – I think you would, yeah, a healthy Tannehill, like who hasn't completely fallen off a cliff, is definitely better than the quarterback play the Steelers have gotten, you know, last two years. Now, outside of Matt Canada's system, maybe some of these guys look a little bit better in a new offense. It's possible. It's a very different offense for Pickett, for sure. I mean, just so much, so many changes in terms of what he'll be asked to do, what he's even been, you know, he's not really been, I don't think there's been anything that's been a clear strength of his, but this is just going to be a very different offense, different approach for him. He'll be asked to do a lot of stuff he wasn't before. So maybe he, clicks with that and resonates with that or maybe he, he just remains largely the same player but if he does you know i think that Tannehill is probably a better option john ledger audible audibles and analytics podcast the yins no ball podcast as well john one one last quarterback question for you here uh field yates has the steelers taking bo nicks 20th overall ryan wilson from cbs sports has the steelers taking michael Penix jr 20th overall would you prefer an option like that or would you just take 
a mid-round flyer on somebody like a Spencer Rattler or Jordan Travis or somebody of that nature? Well, Ryan Wilson is going to get mad at me if I say something negative here because he's a fellow Pittsburgh guy that always always ragging on me. I'm too negative <laughs> on the Steelers, the realistic. But I, I would be surprised about that Pettick one. I'd be surprised about Nick, too, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I think I could see them exploring their options for sure. I think McCarthy's the guy that if they could maybe find a way to make that happen, but it, it seems like, you know, we're in February, so we'll see what, you know, this thing stuff always changes. And I certainly am not like doubt into who, you know, what teams like, so I'm just listening to the, the talking heads like y'all are, but it seems like McCarthy is, is slated to not get out of the early teens, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense with some of the teams sitting right there really needing a quarterback and probably jumping up. Like we could see four in the top 10 this year pretty easily just because, the need of some of those teams to just try and do something like a Denver and a, or a Las Vegas, like they got to try and do something right to, you know, looking at their team situations. And so um, I think that could be kind of where you see him come off the board, in which case, yeah, I mean, Nick's is one that as the offense just got so simple, uh, he started playing way better when he went to Oregon from Auburn and there's certainly physical talent there. Um, that offense, I think they led the nation in screen passes. So there's like a lot of, there was some Justin Herberty vibes to it. It's like, well, this guy's talented, but does he does he really doesn't really do anything on tape? Like he's not really a he's not really elevating the talent around him. And, you know, and her then Herbert gets to the NFL and he takes off. I, I don't think that's necessarily the path for all of these guys though, that play in the system. And Nick's looked so bad early in his career in college that the fact that we're even considering him here now is a minor miracle. Um, you know, just how much he rehabilitated his mm-hmm. value at Oregon. So there's something to be said for him for sure. Penix is, has a great ver- vertical ball, kind of plays the position backward in some ways. Like the little stuff isn't there. The consistency isn't there. Mechanically, he's a very, you know, kind of whack quarterback. He doesn't always do that well under pressure. Like the little things you need a quarterback to do, like that snap to snap aren't really there, but he can make all the big plays and all the, the, the crazy throws down the field, the tight window stuff. He's definitely fearless as a passer and he gets great touch on the ball, can layer it, and has a cannon too. So there's something there from a physical standpoint to work with. But with his injury history, being a little bit older already, how much better is he going to get? That offense, yeah, it's, I mean, there's some throws that translate to the NFL. But in terms of, like, what they ask you to do from a cerebral standpoint, isn't necessarily going to be like, oh, stuff has NFL scouts salivating. Oh, this guy's so ready. You know what I mean? It's just a little bit of a different system. So there's value in what Penix brings to the table. I just think teams are going to be – I think some teams will be totally out on him, and then other teams will will be interested in him on day two, I think, of the draft. Realistic non-quarterback free agent the Steelers should sign is? Oh, not you said non-free agent? Non-quarterback free agent. Oh, non-quarterback free agent? I mean, it's honestly realistic to sign LeJarius Sneed. I mean, I think that's realistic for sure. I mean, just look at, first of all, Kansas City and how they've drafted quarter cornerbacks over year after year and not paid guys uh, consistently they've said we can keep refilling this position revenge Travis Ward go he was a top paid guy been great for San Francisco like I think they definitely can treat the position that way and they have to pay Chris Jones they need to go get a wide out they can pay Snead and they can pay a wide out and they can pay Chris Jones their caps in great position they've got no very little money tied up in future years outside of a home so they're in a fine situation if they want to go do all that stuff but they've been pretty thrifty and so you know, do they say we need Snead? They're going to have McDuffie. At some point, he's going to cost money down the road for them. No, although that's a couple years away, probably. They've drafted Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, Shamari Connor played well this year at safety at nickel, outside corner. Like he, 
they've just they've just is how they've treated the position. They believe they can draft and just keep hitting on these guys, and they've all played pretty well, to be honest. Now, Snead, to me, is just a difference maker, and that's what the Steelers need. I don't think they need to go out and sign the top free agent in any other position other than corner. I would be trying to get that cornerback room lacks physicality. It lacks athleticism. It lacks experience. Um, it lacks a demeanor and an edge. It lacks versatility. Snead brings all of that. Kansas City, most diverse defensive scheme in the league. He'll play cover two. He'll play man coverage, literally, what, 60 nine snap percent of the snaps against San Francisco. He's, you know, marking uh, some of the best wide receivers in the league all over the field. Like he plays the run. He's one of the best tackling and run defending corners in the league. He's a great blitzer. He's a very smart player. Like you name it, he can do it at corner. And that's what the Steelers need. He and Porter could transform that defense. I think with a full, a fully healthy Minka back. And you talk about their front guys already being in place to me, Pittsburgh's best path to being awesome is Hey, yeah, the guys on offense got to grow up and they got to get a real system and offense. And obviously, if you get a top quarterback, great. But you probably can't get a top quarterback. We'll see if Arthur Smith can fix the, the offense and, and get that group playing more consistently. But they have talent on that side of the ball. What they need to do is try to make their defense totally unstoppable. If they can do that, and then Arthur Smith and whoever they get a quarterback can just elevate the offense, it's not going to be the top offense in the league or anything like that. But if they can just make the group respectable, and Matt Canada wasn't even a real NFL offensive coordinator, so if they can just get to a respectable level and the defense is one of the best in the league consistently, then I think you're, you're there. You're where you need to be. But a healthy Minka, Joey Porter with another year of experience, the healthy Cam Hayward back, that D-line is going to be ferocious this year if they're healthy. I think the linebackers, you know, everybody wants to upgrade, but the reality is Roberts and, and Holcomb are probably going to be the best you can do. Like You don't want to pay a lot of money in free agent for middling linebackers, and this is not a great draft class for linebackers. So you have to look at what's realistic for a team going into the offseason, and there's a top corner that might actually hit the market. And top corners don't tend to like break the bank. I don't think he's going to make $20 million a year. I think it's going to be 17 to 19 and yeah, it's going to be a big contract, but he's a top corner in the league, and he's about as consistent and safe as it gets been healthy he's been everything for that team for several years and i can play inside outside he just gives you a ton he's really what tomlin wants from a prototype standpoint across the board and i think pittsburgh will be in on him if he hits the market but to me he's the guy out there that can transform the defense if they can get him john ledger audibles and analytics podcast the yins no ball podcast john thanks for taking the time absolutely man anytime thanks for having me there we go john ledger a fellow waynesburg guy man he is full of info Full of info, pretty much any any player you throw out there, whether it's a current NFLer or a draft prospect, John's got those guys tapped in. So I, I will absolutely be talking to John leading up to the draft and after the draft as the, the offseason carries on. Twitter, brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Not too far away from Joel's pick. Joel will pick the topic for what we talk about to start the 10 o'clock hour. That's coming up right around the corner. It's Donnie Football with you here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.